Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. Isn't it God good? God is so good. Jesus is the best thing that could have ever happened to me. It is the best thing that's still happening to me. And I am just so grateful that I know Jesus. I am so grateful that he is real, that he's real in my life, that I can talk to him, that I can feel him, that he can just be with me. Aren't you thankful today? Just hearing this testimony is so powerful because the gospel is powerful. Jesus is alive. God is real and we can live a life full of him, full of power, full of victory. We can be alive. You know, and I, and I want to talk to you today a little bit about, I'm going to follow up a little bit in what Hunter shared about discipleship. And I'm going to talk about being invested in the kingdom. I'm going to talk about being fruitful and multiplying. You know, and if you were here, I have so many papers. Give me one second. I don't even know what this is, but here, someone take this. Um, thank you. Hunter talked last Sunday, if you were here last Sunday, he talked about um, kingdom discipleship. And that was so powerful. If you have not heard that sermon, you need to go back and listen to it because it's so full of truth. And, you know, he told us that the kingdom of God is not something mystical in the universe far from us. You know, the kingdom of God is at hand. So right here. You know, he also said that the kingdom of God is where God is present and he rules as king and lord so if god is the king if jesus is the lord like for real the lord the kingdom of god is inside of me the kingdom of god multiplies through disciples who serve jesus and this is where i'm going to take from you know the kingdom of god multiplies from disciples that serve jesus so if you've been coming to our church You've heard the word multiply like a hundred times and discipleship like a thousand times and you're like, what's up with them? You know, multiply. Why? You know, we have the verse of the year, which is Acts 6, 7. You can say it with me. Then the word of God spread and the numbers of disciples multiplied greatly. Then our phrase of the year, we can put it on the screen, multiply the culture of Jesus through the words of Jesus. But what culture? Kingdom culture. The kingdom of God. That's the culture of Jesus, in case you were wondering. So why? <clears throat> why? Why multiplying? Why fruitfulness? Why discipleship? We can see it through the Bible. You know, even in Genesis, God told Adam, be fruitful and multiply. And then when Jesus was here, he called his disciples and he says, come and I'll teach you how to fish for men. And in other verses, he's saying, my father is glorified when you bear fruit and fruit that lasts. And then when he was about to go to heaven, he said, the last commission to everyone is go and make disciples to all nations. Now, who is this from? This is for all of us. Sometimes we sit in church, and I sit in church, and they're saying something, and I check out and say, no, that's not for me. That's for the pastors. That's for the leaders. That's for the committed people. No, no, no. This is for you and I. If you, if Jesus is your Lord, you are commissioned to go and make disciples. If Jesus is, is your Lord and the kingdom is inside of you, you are called to expand the kingdom of God. 
So what does it mean? And you can tell me, okay, Liz, can you put it in simple words? What does it mean for us to be fruitful and multiply? What does, what does it mean in real life, in everyday life? Because sometimes we come to church, we hear these words, and we check out, so that's not for me, and we just let it pass by. But what does it mean? You know, it means for us to expand the kingdom of God wherever we go, to make disciples that make more disciples that follow Jesus. Okay, we expand the kingdom of God because if Jesus is your Lord, the kingdom of God is inside of you. You know? So wherever you go, you are bringing the kingdom of God. So we, we're called to expand the kingdom of God. You know, we are called to make disciples that follow Jesus. So what does this, okay, do you guys, is that easy to comprehend? We good with that? Okay, so how does it look in real life? How does this look like? What does it look like? Okay, listen, this is so cool. <clears throat> if the kingdom of God is inside of me, say, inside of me. People will be attracted to it. Because that's the life of heaven is inside of me and I'm carrying it. And I don't know about you, but I'm attracted to life. I am not attracted to dead things. I don't go over the road and say, oh, a dead kitty, how cute. No, 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 no. Oh, there's a dog, a dead dog. Can you stop, Hunter, and pick him up? No, no, no. I'm like, no, thank you. You know, I don't even want to smell it. I don't go to a garden and it's like, oh, look at this dead tulips. <laughs> look, Hunter, this is just a stem. No, no, I am attracted to life. I am attracted to beautiful things. I am attracted, you know, to everything that produces life. You know, people, I am I am, I'm still attracted to people that have life in them. Yeah. I don't know how about you. I am like, hey, there's joy. I want what she has. I'm attracted to that. So we're supposed to be attractive in that way. And what, you know, okay, I mean, be attractive the other way too, but plus, if you don't feel, I mean, this is just side, super side note. If you don't feel attractive, just get the kingdom of God in you and you'll see. You'll see what happens. Okay, so at, where, at my house, how this looked like, if I'm carrying this life, what it looks like, my kids want to know what Jesus I have. My family wants to know where I'm going, what I'm eating, what's going on with you, why your house looks different, why your marriage looks different. You know, not that we, ha I'm, not, I'm saying attracted to life, not perfection, okay? So at work, people might wonder, What's up with you? Why are you happy? Why are you smiling? Why, are you, why do you work so, with so much excellence? Has that happened to you? If it has not happened to you, 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 you are in trouble. You know, but, but there's two ways. You know, I remember through all my college and, and high, school, in high school and college year, people would always be like, why are you so happy? Like, why are you smiling? Like, why are you laughing all the time? And, and I remember, you know, so that's how we expand the kingdom of God. People will ask you and you'll be like, you know, well, Jesus is in my heart. And even though my life is crazy, I can have this joy and I can have this peace. So let me tell you about Jesus. And then you preach to Jesus. They receive Jesus. We're expanding the kingdom of God. We're expanding the kingdom of God. Now, there's the other side of the coin. Either people will be attracted to you or it will be bothered by you. Because I had all the other group of friends that hated me because I was not drinking, I was not going to the parties. Why you're not? You're not a good friend because you don't come and party with us. You're not this because you don't come and drink it with us. I mean, I got kicked out of social groups like no business, like in high school and college. Like you're not invited. Like pretty, pretty clearly. So if the kingdom of has has to cause a commotion, something has to happen. 
because it's alive, because it's power, the very power of God. So we're either attracting and bothering, but I will say we do both. So that's one way we expand the kingdom of God. The other way, what I call it is, um, we call it like an intentional expansion of the kingdom of God. You know, that means when we purposefully go to evangelize, when we purposefully go to an outreach, when we purposefully, you know, I call this the heavenly realities collide with earth through evangelizing. You know, praying for the sick at a store, praying for, so, you know, um, Thursday we went to eat tacos and, and Hunter went to the bathroom and we're there super hungry waiting for my tacos and like, I felt a presence walking in, like a, like a dark presence. I knew, you know, and that's something the kingdom of God is. If you, if you really grow in this, you'll identify and you'll have discernment. If that hasn't happened to you, you know, you can have that today. You can have the kingdom of God for real today. So anyways, I felt a presence and, I'm in, and I turned and I saw this woman and she, she was either on drugs or mentally issues. I still do not I was not very familiar with drugs, so I really don't know when they're drugged or when they're like just struggling mentally, but something was off and I looked at her and she, I could tell she was hungry. But she was hungry not just for food, I knew. And automatically I felt in my spirit, I can, I have, I can do something about this. So I, I approach her and then there's la, the taqueria, that woman, small taqueria, right? Like everybody looked at me, everybody looked at the lady and everybody, and then I stood up and everybody looked at me, and it's like four people, five people are just following me. So anyways, I was like, what do you need? And she's like, I'm hungry. So we ended up buying food, you know. Uh, my kids were there, and they're like, Mom, what, what's wrong with her? I'm like, she's hungry. We'll buy her food. Yes, we're going to buy her food. So we bought food. But then at the end, I came and I said, I need to pray for you. You know, I stood up and I said, I need to pray for you. So I prayed for her and she was totally tormented. She couldn't even look at me in the eye. And she's like, I know Jesus. I know Jesus is in my heart. And, I know, and she was like, but I was like, look at me. I was like, look at me. I'm here because God loves you. And he's giving you food because he cares about you. And he is with you. And I'm going to pray with you. Okay, okay. <laughs> so she, and everybody's like staring at me. <laughs> you know, I was in Eldon, you know, there's very small space. So that's an example. That's the way we expand the kingdom of God. Wherever we go, we see darkness. We have to do something about it. But that's the thing. That's the thing. If you have it, you have it. If you don't, you don't. You either have the life and the kingdom of God inside of you or you don't. You cannot just have a little bit. Because Jesus is all or nothing. But this is the life we are called to live. If you are following Jesus, if you read the word of God, and you are not expanding the kingdom of God, something's off. You know, I have something that's called kingdom FOMO. I don't want to miss out of anything that the word of God says. Some of you are so concerned about missing out in traveling, getting to know the world, making money, advancing your career, that you're missing out in the kingdom of God. But you cannot have both. You can have either the kingdom of God or the world. Okay, so I want to be fruitful and I want to be multiplied. Do you guys want to be fruitful and do you want to multiply? I want to expand the kingdom. I want to preach the gospel. I want disciples. I want people to come and follow Jesus. But then sometimes I look at my life, look at your life. And I don't see much fruit or the fruit that the Bible says I could have. That's this, my kingdom FOMO rises in. It's like, I'm not seeing that. I'm not seeing that. Like, what's happening, right? So I'm like, 
I see some fruit here, some fruit there, but I don't see that multiplication that I see that in the Bible. So I'm going to tell you a story. Are you guys ready for a story? <clears throat> I'm known as a family, in, the, in my family, sorry, I'm known as a plant killer. <laughs> no, literally. I get plants, people give me plants. I, sometimes I buy plants, I don't even know why, but I'm like, this is the time. This is my chance that I'm going to prove that I can keep a plant alive. And a lot of things happen by accidents, guys. Like, I forget my plants outside when it's freezing. You know, it's not that I'm evil. It's just like, I'm not, you know. <clears throat> Literally, like, when I get plants, somehow my parents find out that I have plants, and they give me, like, a week or two, and then they come and get them. No, they do. No, it's true. Because my mom is like... They're always like, did you water your plants? Don't be, don't be mean to your plants. And I cannot believe. And so they come and get them all. And then I go to their house and my plants are luscious and growing. I'm like, what? So, um, so, it's, a, it's, a, so it's an area of big weakness in my life. You know, a couple of weeks ago, Di or months, Diane came and gifted Hunter and I with two pepper plants, chili pepper plants. And I'm like, why? Like, <laughs> from all the gifts, you give me plants. And, and Hunter comes out and I'm like, what the heck? What did you get that? I, w I just got rid of a lot of them because they were dying. And he's like, well, Diane gave us this because she knows we'd like to eat spicy food. And he's like, oh, now I feel so pressured. So really, I was like, I'm sure I'm going to be honest. And I texted Diane. I did. Diane, just so you know, like, I kill plants. And I don't want you to hold it against me because if your plants die, you're giving, you know, I'm just being honest because then, you know, I don't want to be like, how are your plants doing? I'm like, they're dead. You know, I told you. So don't have expectations, right? But um, can me drink some water? But Hunter was like, no, no. You know Hunter is always. <laughs> Hold on. He's always the extra mile, right? He's always pushing me forward. He's above. And um, <laughs> so he's like, no, 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 no. Let's make it happen. Let's keep them alive. She gave it to us. And I'm like, okay, okay. So, you know, when they give you plans, they give it to you like in a little flimsy little thing. So they stay there for a week. And Hunter was like, at least we were watering them. So no, we need a plan. So, you know, I have in my house, I have a porch. I was sitting there. That's where I normally read my Bible and, and pray. And I was determined. I was like, you know what? I'm going to prove people I can keep these plants alive, you know. I'm a, I'm a fighter, competitive personality type of thing. So I was like, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. So I'm there, and I'm assessing the situation, right? I went outside to my, okay, so I have a picture of my backyard, the, fi the first picture. Okay, don't judge me. I don't keep plants, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, I, you know, when we bought our house, it came with a flower bed already. It was there. I didn't even put this. It was already there. So I'm, I'm assessing the situation. I'm literally looking from, uh, from the deck, and I'm saying, oh, gosh, no. Like, I don't want to invest time in, like, getting rid of the dirt, doing the whatever, you know, the, that thing, and then going to the store, buying those heavy things, and put it there, and it's hot. And I'm like, no, I'm not willing to invest in that. No, 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 no. But then, you know, the next picture. Oh, I found two pots that I had there abandoned. 
All those are my plans, guys. So uh, that's my garden. <laughs> but as I'm telling you this story, I want you to start thinking about the spiritual side of this story. Hey, I found two little pots abandoned there that still have dirt. I'm like, Psh, that works. You know, my goal is just to keep them alive. My goal is just to maintain them. It's not like I'm going to grow a market or go to the farmer's market and sell my produce. No, no, no. I'm just going to maintain them. So when she asked me, I said, they're not dead, they're alive. Okay? So I found these pots. The dirt inside was, I didn't even look like, it just looked dry. You know what I'm saying? Like, pale and dry. So I was like, well, now for sure, you know what I can do? My investment, I'm just going to change that dirt. You know, no, I'm not going to change. I'm going to add good dirt because, you know, who knows what's in there, how many worms I'm going to find. Da, da, da. So I kind of took the leaves, you know, when you abandon your pots, like leaves, and then it's like dirt. Okay, I'll buy dirt. And then I'm like, ooh, two years ago, I thought I was going to plant peppers and I have some topsoil, which I don't even know that's what you need. It Maybe it's still there. Okay, so I go outside, and I found two bags of two-year-old topsoil. And I'm like, I'm sure it's fine. And I call my dad, what happens to dirt? Like, does it get, you know, spoiled, whatever? So I open it. It didn't smell weirder, you know? I mean, it smells weird, but, you know, not, like, rotten. So I use this two-year-old dirt, put it in there. Okay? And I was like, Hunter, we're ready. We're going to plant our little plants. We pl this is one of them. Look at it. Spots. Okay, so uh, this is one of the pots here. So that's what it is. You know, I'm like, I fulfill, I maintain their life. Okay, so then I'm there in my porch, and then I get a text from Diane, and, and she's like, how are, how are your peppers doing? And I'm like, peppers? Like, what do you mean peppers? <laughs> the plant is well. No peppers, you know? And, she's, and she was telling me, your, your plant should be blooming already, like blooming a lot, and, and because those little blooms are your peppers. And I'm like, well, I don't see any bloom, but they're alive, you know? They're alive. Um, then she sent me a picture of her garden. Can I have the picture, the next picture of her garden? <laughs> my first thought, oh, why cannot have that kind of garden? You know, and then she, if we go to the next one, I'm like, come to my little plant, and I'm like, well, that's nice for you. Then we have a <laughs> Do we have another, is there another picture of, of I don't know if, if it, yeah, see? So anyways, um, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, why, why I cannot be like that? Why can't I have this garden? And, why I and you know, and I'm sitting there, and the Lord spoke to me. You can take off the pictures now, thank you. He said, <laughs> take them off! Don't we are like that with people that are fruitful and multiplying? When we see that and we're like, why her and not me? Why them? Why do I do that? Like, why can't they have so much business? And I'm like, here, so anxious, you know, all that. 
But God spoke to me this and says, Liz, how much did you invest in this? You had a choice when you look at your garden. I was there looking at you and said, like, no, I'm not willing to invest that much. So then the Lord spoke to me and he said, it's the same with you. What are you investing your life in? And it really got me thinking and I learned the Lord revealed something very powerful to me that I did not see it in this way. You know, I've heard a lot about being, you know, being fruitful and multiplied, but I didn't see my life in the way that I'm going to explain to you. But what are you investing your life in? And when I think the Lord spoke to me, when you invest something, you know, when you invest money, you know, I, I'm not like the financial expertise or anything, but I know that when I invest money, I, I give it away. And I have no control of it. When I invest my time going to for a run, you know, or at the gym, I, I give away my time, you know, and I don't control it. So God is like, what are you investing your life in? So I'm going to tell you a story of someone who invested his life. I, wanna, I want us to read John 12, 24 through 26. I assure, so let's just follow with me in the, in the screen or in your phone. Remember that the notes are um, in your phone, the notes of the service. So if you need a hard copy, they're in, in that corner over there. It says, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. Just one grain, never more. But if it dies, it produces much grain and yields a harvest. Let's go to, is that what it is? Yeah. The, thank you, RJ. <laughs> the one who, listen, the one who loves his life eventually loses it through death. But the one who hates his life in this world and is concerned with pleasing God will keep it for life eternal. If anyone serves me, he must continue to faithfully follow me without hesitation, holding steadfastly to me, conforming to my example in living and, if need be, suffering or perhaps dying because of faith in me. And wherever I am in heaven's glory, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Now, now I want to read the message. Because I really want us to understand. I want you to know that in this passage, it was Jesus talking about himself. He was about to die, you know, and he's explaining to them, listen to me. Unless the grain of wheat, that was Jesus. Unless I don't go to the ground and die, I am not going to produce any fruit. Unless I am not buried, unless I am not invested, I am going to remain one single grain. And Jesus invested his life for you and I. So now let's read the message. Listen carefully. Unless a grain of wheat is buried in the ground, dead to the world, say dead to the world, 
it is never any more than a grain of wheat. But if it is buried, it sprouts and reproduces itself many times over. In the same way, anyone who holds on to life just as it is, is destroys that life. But if you let it go, reckless in your love, you'll have it forever, real and eternal. If any of you wants to serve me, if any of you wants to follow me, if any of you want to become my disciple, then follow my example. Then follow me. Then you'll be where I am, ready to serve at a moment's notice. The Father will honor and reward anyone who serves me. And this is it. The, the Holy Spirit revealed to me, you know, for the longest part, I always thought I had seeds to plant. Oh, I'm going to plant myself in that church, you know. There it is. I'm going to plant myself. My money, oh, I'm going to plant it in the missions, you know. Oh, I'm going to plant myself. Like give the, I'm going to give my time to that ministry. I'm going to give, you know. I always thought my life, I had this bunch of seeds that I can give or not give, or decide where, and how, and how much. But the Lord said, no, 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 Liz. Your life is the seed. You are the seed. I am the seed. So I really want you to think about yourself, picture yourself as a seed. And this is the thing. Jesus was the seed in that passage. We are supposed to follow Jesus. So what did Jesus do? He invested his life for us. Yeah. And guess what? We are his fruit. I am the fruit of him being invested. I am the fruit of him invested, investing his life. Yes. And this is what the Holy Spirit told me. Unless our life is completely invested in him, we won't be fruitful. Or we will not produce the fruit that we see in the Bible that when he produced the fruit... We might be able to just maintain a little bit, but no fruit. Because this is not real life, you know. This is maintained alive, you know. But real life will be reproducing and producing and multiplying and feeding and needing and, you know, and supplying. So am I invested in him completely? All of who I am, completely invested you know, and as I invested in my relationship with him, I am my entire life, me as a seed, I am invested in him, in prayer, in a relationship with him, in reading my, the word of God, in serving him, and, and being invested in my church and everything that he is and that where her kingdom is. Am I all in? I want to tell you something, kingdom shopping versus kingdom investing, this ideology that I see a lot. When I go to church sometimes or a conference or whatever, I see, you know, I see Felicia and I say, ooh, I, I, want, what she, I want what she has. I want her passion, you know, I want it. And we go and say, hey, can you pray for me because I want what you have. That, people do that to me a lot. Well, not, well, I don't want to mean, I don't mean it. <laughs> 
doing it to come that way. But you know, I want what you have. Can you pray for me? So we think we can come and sit down and then I shop what I want. Like, I'm going to pick up this fruit from here. I like your fruit of peace. Oh, she has peace. Can you pray for me because I have that peace? I want some of that. I want some of that. So we just pick what we want and what we need. You know what I'm saying? But the thing is that inside of you, when you invest yourself, you can produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit and everything you need. You know? So it's very convenient to go kingdom shopping, but it's very miserable because you will really experience the true life and the true power of the resurrection. It's convenient because you come Sunday, you pick what you like, it lasts you through Thursday, and then you come back, but you are not doing anything for the kingdom of God. You are not advancing the power of the kingdom of God. And then you are bitter and are miserable because why you cannot have your peppers like Diane has them? It's misery to live that way. So this is the deal. To be invested in Jesus, you know, is I am the seed. And when I invest myself in Jesus, you know, I leave it all there. I am all in him. All in. You know? And I let God, Hunter taught uh, last Sunday about we do the natural, we plant ourselves, we, we invest, invest ourselves in him. And he, this, he does the supernatural here that we cannot control. Right, right. Uh-oh. So what does it mean that I am invested in him? That means that in every decision in my life, the way I raise my kids, the way I plan my career, the way I do my relationships, the way I do everything in my life, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me, and He is in me, and the kingdom is all over me, and He has the final say in every single area of my life. That's what it means to be all in. And people, we have a problem with our mindset. We don't think like God thinks. I want you to, to understand that. I want you to understand we don't tend to think like kingdom, like God, supernatural. So don't trust your way of thinking. But you know, we, 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 we say that we have surrendered at all. Until we don't like how it feels. We don't like how it feels to have no control of how God is going to move in your life and how he's going to make you multiply, how he's going to use you, how, you know, what he's going to do. You know, so, you know, also, when we can control how it's going to happen, where he's going to lead me, I cannot, you know, when I have surrender and maybe, you know, God is asking me to surrender my career, maybe he's asking me to surrender a relationship, you know, it gets real. It gets real. At some point in your life, it's going to get real. Because it's easy to come and say, yeah, I give it all to you. But then he says, I want you to quit college. And I want you to serve here. That could not be God. God would never ask. He's God and he can ask whatever he wants. He's very creative. So this is the thing. You know, I call it surrendering with strings attached. Because yes, Lord, I surrender all. I surrender all. Liz, God, you're taking forever. 
Like, I don't see it. I don't see it. You know, and instead of coming again when you're feeling restless, coming again and said, I surrender all again. I surrender all again. I don't see what happens. You know what? Never mind. Another thing we do is like, Lord, I give you my all. You know you have my life. You know you have my heart. You can have it all. You know? Yeah. I, Liz, I want you to, to love unconditionally. I want you to forgive. You know, I want you to let go. That's not the life that I have for you. You know? No, but Lord, I feel like I'm always doing that, so I'm done. You're asking me something too hard. Lord, you can have it all. I want to live for you. Yeah, I don't want you to marry that guy. That's not, I'm telling you, that's not what, he ha- what, God, what I have for you. When we don't like it, we surrender with strings attached. And we pull back. And we never produce fruit. Lord, we surrender. I surrender all to you. All that, and, and God is like, okay, I want you to get planted in a church. I want you to serve. I want you to, okay, but you know, you're asking too much. That's too much. You know, I don't like that. Never mind, God. And we do it all the time in different areas of our life. And we call it, well, I've surrendered that, but I'm still working on surrendering this part. No, no, no. That's the thing that God told me. Your life is the seed. You know something else that we do? We, so this is like, it was enlightening, to, like how to say, brought light to my life. Because I, I always felt like I surrendered that part, I surrendered that part, I'm working on that part. No, 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 you cannot do that. Does that make sense? If our life is a seed, I cannot say, okay, God. Okay, that's my seed. Hey, yeah, uh, yes, I'm going to surrender. This part, totally, you can have it. There you go. Completely surrendered. I gave it all to you. I gave it all to you. And God is like, what about this? And you wonder why we don't, we're not multiplying, we're not expanding the kingdom of God with power. My last example is, yes, Lord, you can have it all. I give it all to you. I'm going to invest myself in you. But, you know, I have this contract of expectations. I mean, we don't like say it like this, but we think it. In two years, I should be having my own church. And then in three years, I should have like this. And in four years, I should have this. So, yeah, I give it all to you, but you first need to sign my contract of expectations. Because if it doesn't work, guess what? I, you know, it's been 10 years, and look where I am. So, I'm done. And we do this back and forth. Back and forth. Back and forth. Total surrender is total surrender. You don't chop up your seed expecting to produce a bountiful harvest. You know, it's all or nothing. You know, that means that my opinions are buried my thoughts, the way I think things should go in my life, in the church, people around, my thoughts, my ideas completely surrender 
Not my way, but yours, Lord. Not my way, but yours. You know, my expectations, everything completely surrendered. This is the way, but this is the thing. This is the way we should live every single day. For some reason, I feel like me, I tend to come up, <laughs> you know. So tomorrow I had to be, Lord, I surrendered all to you. Yeah. All in, every area. I completely, myself, completely invested. There are two examples in my life that I can tell you um, that I had to keep surrendering all, you know. Because sometimes we think, well, I surrendered all when I became a Christian. But are you surrendered all right now? Because things happen, life changes. How, are you surrendered today? You know, I remember when I, um, we were going to move to plan the church. We were moving far, far from the border, far, far from Mexico. And, and I knew uh, moving this far, I would not be traveling to Mexico as often. I always had dreams of my kids growing up with both cultures. I had dreams of them being bilingual and being multicultural, like they can do in this culture and this culture. So... God, I knew that moving here, I would have to give that away, that dream away. Because I don't know if I was going to go back. Does that make sense? And so I remember when God said, like, you had to bury yourself. Are you all in? Even if it means that you will never, you will not go back to Mexico. I don't know, in the back of my mind, because Hunter was a missionary, I always thought one day we're going to go back. We're going to go back and live there and do ministry there. But God was like, Give me, are you, can you give me that? You're, you might never go back to live in Mexico. And you might never travel the way you thought you were going to travel. You will never, you know, your kids might be completely American. Would you, that's what I need. And it got real. I had to make a choice. You know, and I said, not my will, but yours be done. And I stand in here and I look at the fruit. Another time, speaking of contracts or string attached, when my mom was diagnosed with cancer, Colette was diagnosed with cancer at the same time. She got an instant healing and my mom didn't. And I remember thinking, well, why she's not healed if, if, after everything I've done? It's real. This is what we think. And I caught myself and I was like, I decide to follow Jesus without any contracts or strings attached, regardless of what he does or regardless of what he doesn't. All in. And this is not something that you do once in a retreat, once in a conference. This is a way of living. I want to read Luke 9.23 to you guys. Luke 9.23, I don't know if we have it there in the Amplified Version. And he was saying to them all, if anyone wishes to follow me as my disciple, he must deny himself, set aside selfish interests, and take up his cross. What? Daily. What does it say? Daily. Daily. It's not, oh, at the retreat or at the conference or list. I gave it all 10 years ago, but are you completely surrendered, buried in today? Why does it say daily? He doesn't say, take up your cross when you receive Jesus in your heart. That's it. Take up your cross when you got baptized. That's it. 
daily, expressing a willingness to endure whatever may come. Are you willing, are we willing to endure whatever may come? A change of job, the, a changing completely your family, how you do your routines, changing your career, giving it up, going on, the, on, on a mission in a different country. Are you really willing or are you just giving parts? No, I just surrender some of my time to him. Some, just some. You know, he got Sundays. That's all he got. And if it's good, woo, you got Wednesday. Two-year-old soil won't cut it. And this is where we, I don't understand why we don't understand. And I'm, I'm with you. Sometimes I don't understand. 2 Timothy 2.11 says, This is a faithful and trustworthy saying. If we die with Him, we will also live with Him. If we hold onto our life, we read in John 12, we're going to lose our life. But we keep holding, we keep holding. I hear people saying, Liz, I think I'm giving too much. Have you ever thought, how about, what if I'm giving too little? What if I'm giving too little? How could we ever give too much if Jesus gave it all? He was all in. You know, and Jesus did not come to me and say, Liz, sign this contract that you're going to receive me and serve me, then I'll die for you. He didn't say, hey, you know, until you're put together, then I'll die for you because then you're worth dying for. No, he gave it all in. He buried himself all in, even without knowing that I would follow him or not. I'm going to ask everyone to close your eyes right now. is a God of all he gave it all it's all or nothing disciples it's all or nothing and you don't control we can control what you surrender what you don't it's either all or nothing I often hear people say I know me I know me. I know this is how much I can serve. I know me. This, I know how much I can read. I know how much I can devote myself. So are you in control of your surrender? Are you in control of the supernatural work that only God can do when we are all in? So let's close our eyes and, this, and, and, and let's listen to this song. Because I pray that the Holy Spirit reveals to you the level of your surrender. Because <laughs> I thought I was, I thought I'd given this parts, but God is like, no, your life is a sitless.
to Jesus I surrender John 12, 27 and 28, the message, yes. No, that's not, sorry. Listen to this, because this is the end of this passage. It's Jesus speaking. Even though I'm torn within and my soul is in turmoil, I will not ask the Father to rescue me from this hour of trial. For I have come to fulfill my purpose. To offer myself to God. Father, bring glory to your name. Then suddenly a booming voice was heard from the sky. I have glorified my name. And I will glorify it through you again. Jesus was confronted with the same. You are confronted today. And he says that my soul is in turmoil. Because he knew for him it meant the cross to die to be ashamed publicly and he said but I, I came to fulfill my purpose to offer myself to God God says I have glorified a voice came and says, I have glorified and says I will glorify through you again you know his name is being glorified through me when I surrender because of Jesus so at the end of all is bringing glory to the name of God it has never been about us it has never been about me So, I want to do something prophetically today because I believe God is going to raise disciples that really follow Jesus and that give it all. I want to be that disciple. I want to follow Jesus, giving my all. So what we're going to do prophetically is I have these spots in here and I have some seeds. And maybe you are here and you've never 
giving your life to Jesus completely. Today you have an opportunity to come to the altar, take up your life symbolically, a seed, and say, I'm investing myself in you, Jesus. I'm all in. I'm all in. Maybe you're here and you did that once, but you are not living in that surrendering life right now. You can come and say, I'm, I'm surrendering today. I'm all in. Maybe you have surrendered your life. You know, you have, and you are living in this surrendering life. But you, the weight has been hard. The weight of not seeing, you are here inside. But even though if it's hard, you're saying, I'm still all in. And maybe you have it all and you're good. I still encourage you to come today, this Sunday. I just want to let everyone know and Jesus to know my devotion is for you. So I want us all to stand up. But I want you to, cost, to count the cost. It doesn't feel happy. Does it make sense? It doesn't feel like, woo, yeah, fire of God coming. No. You are choosing to die with no strings attached, with no contract with no pulling back. So as we start singing this, I want you to start coming. But I pray that you see Jesus at the cross. Because when I see Jesus, He gave it all. He can have it all. Over and over again. Over and over again. My time, my family, my dreams, my career, my relationships, my money. If you right now are controlling what you give and what you don't, that means you're not all in. And I encourage you to stay in the altar or go back and keep listening to him. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through His Word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.